poor writing and problematic romance. As usual, content warnings will be in the episode description. This is episode 32, chapter 5 of Fifty Shades Darker. I think I might possibly be getting a little bit better at the episode numbers <laughs> no longer being the same as the chapter numbers. And of course, my cat is once again bothering me because I am not paying attention to him. We ended last chapter at the hair salon that Christian co-owns with Elena, Mrs. Robinson, the big X, whatever you want to call her. Anna freaks out she leaves immediately. She wants to go somewhere else to get her hair cut. They're walking down the street, they're talking about it. Anna learns that she is the only one of Christian's subs who knows who Elena is and about her relationship to Christian, but he has taken all of his subs to this same salon because, like I said, this man is incapable of doing literally anything in his life that he does not control entirely, 100%. So Anna does not like any of that that she has just learned. Then Christian gets a phone call and we learn a little bit of Layla's backstory. She left her husband a couple months ago for another man who was then even more recently killed in a car crash. So their new theory is that she is like doing everything that she's doing because of grief. Which Christian is saying, you know, the psychiatrist who talked to her in the hospital after her suicide attempt should have fucking found that out, which like, yeah, he probably should have found that out. So it sounds like she had a really shitty psychiatrist who just did not actually care to find out what her actual problem was. So that's fun. Gotta love the American medical system. Oh yeah, and then also it turns out Layla has gotten a concealed carry license, so she may or may not have a gun now, which is always good when you're mentally unstable and very, very unhappy you know, person from your past, might have a concealed weapon. So that's one thing. I'm gonna summarize a little bit more plot and then I have uh, some thoughts. So Christian decides that Anna is not safe, so she is going to stay. She is going to stay at his apartment that night. No discussion, no consent from her. Once again, he has a plan for how he is going to fix this situation and he is the one in charge of it. Doesn't matter what anybody else says. Anna starts to protest. She does not want to stay with him just because he says so. And so Christian literally picks her up and slings her over his shoulder in the middle of a downtown Seattle street and starts carrying her back to her apartment so she can go pack her things which is wildly inappropriate, wildly infantilizing, and also like physically keeping her from disagreeing with his plan, which is just never a good solution to anything. Sorry, I don't care how much danger you perceive your partner to be in. That is not how you go about protecting them. Anna does agree to walk with him, so he does put her back down, so good, I guess, but still, like, that- I- I cannot believe that fucking happened, and that she is still willing to be in his presence after that happened. So, my thoughts that I mentioned. So, for those of you who are unfamiliar with the Twilight series. And granted, I have not read the series in years, so my memory of this plotline might not be 100% accurate, but the gist of it is right around this time in the series, there is a trio of evil vampires 
who are coming after Bella to, I don't remember if they want to kill her or just turn her into a vampire, but they're gonna do something to her. And so one of the major plots in the book is trying to keep Bella safe from these evil vampires. In this series, we have replaced a trio of literal monsters with one mentally ill woman. Like literally, this is casting the quote-unquote crazy ex as the literal villain of this book. I just want you to let that sink in for a moment because holy fuck, how ghoulish is that? That is an incredible amount of ableism. I know last episode I was like, eh, yeah, this kind of seems like ableism to me. And then I read this next chapter and I thought about it some more and I realized the role that Layla is playing in this book and I realized, yeah, this is some fucking bullshit. This is some fucking ableism. This is not okay. This is not how you treat mentally ill characters. And I know that ultimately Christian wants to get her some professional medical help and we could do a whole other podcast episode on how difficult it is to get actual competent medical help for mental illness in this fucking country but <laughs> yes there is some compassion for her there is this idea that she just she needs to get off the streets she needs to get help and i would agree with that i think she needs some medical professionals in her life i think she needs some medication in her life i am not anti any of that in fact i might not be here if it was not for my antidepressants and my therapists so i am very pro all of that however that compassion is very much surface level it's very much like Christian is just fucking saying that. And that's something, but it's not everything. It's, it's very, very limited compared to how the text is treating her. It's just falling, like, it's casting her as the villain. It's replacing vampires with mental illness. And that's like the equivocal danger. And I understand that it's like several steps removed from fan fiction at this point, but the fact remains that's still the role that she is cast in, more or less. It's also falling into every single harmful stereotype about mentally ill people and people who experience, you know, this kind of sounds like a manic episode. So people who experience mania and experience manic episodes, just the idea that someone with this kind of mental illness would immediately react aggressively and be a danger to people around them and be this, I don't know, it's like this this ruthless presence like stalking them like Anna and Christian are both like at this point walking down the street like looking behind them to see if she's like lurking in the shadows and like okay yes sometimes people react aggressively when they're in bad mental states however first of all it's usually much more about just kind of the people around them you know if they're in a bad spot they're feeling defensive they're you know up Upset. They're not experiencing life in a very comfortable way in, in whatever way that manifests as sometimes they lash out and I understand that that happens. Also, the destructive impulse 
in a mentally ill person is much more likely to be turned back in on themselves and or they're much more likely to have a crime or some form of violence enacted upon them from somebody else because they are quote-unquote acting weird aka exhibiting symptoms of a mental illness, right? Like there are statistics to back me up on all of this. The chances that a person's mental break, in this case their grief, over losing a loved one is going to manifest in going out and coordinating enough to find out Anna's name and her workplace and to to get a concealed carry permit and get a weapon like that's a lot of planning that's a lot of coordination for someone who is in this kind of state maybe some people can do that kind of thing in the middle of a manic episode but not a lot of people can and so just the idea that a mental break that a mental illness is going to turn someone into this like menacing sinister villain is just so inaccurate and so harmful to people who actually do have mental illness and do have manic episodes like this because it's just furthering all of the stigma and all of the stereotypes and all of the everything that they have to fight against to get the kind of care and support that they need both from professionals and just from you know family friends loved ones people around them so this sucks this plot fucking sucks is what i'm saying <laughs> so, they're back at Anna's apartment. She's packing a suitcase. She mentions that Kate's brother, Ethan, I think his name's Ethan, whatever, Kate's brother will be staying at Anna and Kate's apartment for a little bit until he can find a place. And Christian is, of course, immediately unhappy. He makes some remark about, oh, well, then it's good that we're getting you out of the house because God forbid that another man occupy the same space as Anna for more than like five fucking seconds without Christian there to supervise her and make sure that nothing untoward happens. Jesus fucking Christ, are we in the 1850s? Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, here's me reading 50, the Fifty Shades series as a 31-year-old woman. Elena is described as being late 30s to early 40s, and then Anna turns around and gives her the mental nickname Mrs. Extraordinarily Glamorous Despite Being Old. Screams. So, like, I know Anna just graduated from college, so she's, what, 21, 22 right now? Y'all, late 30s to early 40s is not old. It's really not, I promise you. Despite what Hollywood has been selling you for decades, 25 is not when you hit the wall. 30s is not old. 40s is not old. 50s is not that old. You have so much life left to live in the decades after your 20s. In fact, you know, I mean, just my opinion as a queer neurodivergent being who <laughs> clearly has not gone through all of the, you know, quote-unquote landmarks of, of what I quote-unquote should have done with my life by now, I kind of feel like I hit my 30s and that was when I really started living. Like, I was so fucking lost in my teens and I continued to be fucking lost in my 20s, my early 20s especially. I think my, like, mid to late 20s is when I really started to figure shit out but it still felt like I was just waiting for my life to begin. 
you know? And now I'm 31 and yeah, I still have a long way to go. I'm still not even close to having done everything I want to do in my life, but I'm also just more in this mindset of like, I don't, I'm not gonna wait anymore. Like I'm gonna go out and live my life and I'm gonna keep trying and I'm gonna keep chasing what I want to chase, but I'm also learning to like appreciate more what I do have and what I can do right now, you know? And and so anyway, that's that's totally like mostly irrelevant to what we're actually supposed to be talking about right now. But the point is, I just I feel like I just really started to get the hang of this whole living thing when I hit 30. And I know I'm gonna hit 40 and be like, Psh, I thought I knew what I was doing at 30. Oh my god, look how far I've come, you know? And probably the same thing at 50, 60, whatever. Like, I think that's honestly the sign of a really good life is you keep growing and you keep changing and you keep coming into yourself for your whole life. And so my point is 30 is not old, 30s is not old, 40s is not old. <laughs> Youth culture is bullshit. Keep living your life. Also, extremely glamorous despite being old? Hello? Excuse me, glam has no age. Age limit. Okay? This is another thing that the media has absolutely been selling us. All of those fucking listicles about like 30 clothing trends that you should stop wearing when you hit 30. Fuck that shit. Fuck all that shit. Look like whatever the fuck you want to look like at whatever the fuck age you want to look like it. I have had the side of my head shaved for years now. I'm keeping it. I'm probably gonna be 50, 60 years old, have the side of my head shaved. I'm gonna keep dyeing my hair. I'm gonna keep wearing bright ass colored makeup and outfits and everything. Like bury me in a fucking crop top and mini skirt. <laughs> like I am just gonna keep dressing the way that makes me happy and being as bright and loud and bold as I want to be until I stop wanting to be that way and I decide that I want to be a different way for whatever reason. Like seriously, do not let your age dictate what you're going to wear and how you're going to present yourself and how quote-unquote glamorous you are quote-unquote allowed to be because that's literally bullshit. Also late 30s, early 40s still isn't that old. That's what I want to say about that. Uh, so we get more backstory about Christian and Elena. So apparently Elena lent him the money to start his company, which if you remember is he is, it's now like a multinational multi-million dollar fucking company that he started two years into college. So probably 1920 and he's now like, I don't know, 26 and it just skyrocketed. I don't know. Like I don't I don't know shit about how businesses work. Maybe companies do actually take off like that sometimes. I don't know. Seems unlikely. Seems like EL James just didn't give a shit enough to like actually research if that was plausible or not. To me, it would feel a lot more plausible if he like inherited his company from his family. Something like that, you know? I don't know. Maybe I'm just naive. So whatever. So anyway, that's why he invested in Elena's salon later on to kind of pay her back and be like, okay, you want to start this business? Here's the money to start the business. So now he's like co-owner basically. So they're, they get to Christian's apartment and Anna's feeling so overwhelmed by all of this and they're talking some more and she kind of asks like, why is he doing this? Why is he sticking all this out with her? On page 105, so Anna Anna's saying like, why are you staying with me when you 
could have a nice obedient little submissive who does whatever you say and he says you're right I am used to women doing exactly what I say when I say doing exactly what I want it gets old quickly there's something about you Anastasia which calls to me on some deep level I don't understand so you know here we go again with the extra special Mary Sue like she's gonna tame his bad boy heart because she's different somehow. We don't know how. It's never really explained how. But on the bright side, what I wanted to say about that quote is, so he's admitting that having his subs do whatever he says whenever he says is getting old. Christian, Christian, are you coming around to the idea of having a brat? Are, are you are you opening up to the idea of having a brat? Are you going to turn into a brat tamer? Sir, sir, I'm so proud of you. That's called character development. That's called growth. Good job. That's not actually what happens because E.L. James does not know nearly enough about kink shit to make that happen. But I'm just gonna headcanon it in my own little world right now just so I can have a moment of happiness. Okay, so Franco, the hairdresser, meanwhile, because of course the hairdresser's name is Franco has made a house call so that Anna can safely get her hair cut away from all of Christian's exes. <laughs> and he is written with an extremely, like, cartoonishly stereotypical Italian accent. Like, he is one step away from being named Mario and being a plumber instead. Let me tell you, reading that out loud for the Patreon bonus dramatic reading of this chapter was one of the most painful moments I have ever had had to experience doing any of the dramatic readings for this series so far and I have read some things but this man this man's accent he is possibly even more stereotypical than Jose possibly it's close so first of all Anna immediately assumes that his Italian accent is fake for some reason and that he's probably like a hundred percent American and just putting on the accent why like there's literally no justification given for this and along with the absolute cartoonish stereotype that is his entire appearance in this chapter it just feels even more racist to even bring that up also I seriously I am just baffled by the the idea that I am sitting here discussing racism against Italians in the year of our Lord 2023. Granted, this was written a little while ago, but it was still the year of our Lord 2012. This is the 21st century, people. The years start with two now. I don't know how it is in the rest of the world, but here in my little corner of the US, Italian is practically synonymous with white. Like, who the fuck is, it, is racist against Italians anymore? I'm sorry. Like, it's offensive, of course, because any form of racism is offensive, but it's also just stupid. Like, get with the fucking times, bro. Like, it's, it's, it's Italy. It's in the fucking Mediterranean. What are you doing? I can't. I can't. I just fucking can't. I quit everything forever. So anyway, um, Franco has like a few paragraphs and then he leaves, thankfully, and then Anna and Christian are talking some more and she admits that she's jealous that Elena was allowed to touch Christian when they were like talking in the salon. And Christian says she knows where. And she's, he's like saying, I never know, Anna, I never know where you're going to touch me. I never know if you're going to touch me in a place that would, you know, trigger me. And of course, he doesn't use that kind of language, but he, he says like, we don't have any rules for where you can and can't touch me. 
hey bro, here's a suggestion, real easy fix for that. Talk to your girlfriend. Tell her where she is and is not allowed to touch you. Open your fucking mouth and use your fucking words. <sighs> I swear to God, how do you expect to have any kind of relationship, let alone the high-ass protocol kind of DS relationship that you want to have if you cannot even talk to your partner about boundaries on your own goddamn body? I'm sorry, that's literally one of the first things I bring up when I am negotiating with someone new and we're, you know, even in like pickup play, even if I am potentially only going to be playing with this person once at this one party and then maybe never seeing them again. One of the things I make sure to ask is, are there any places on your body that you do not want me to touch? Like, I'm sorry, it's that basic. And also, it's that fucking simple. Just talk to each other. Just, just fucking talk to each other. It's not that hard. Oh, and then, and then, Anna reaches out to touch him, to like, comfort him immediately, immediately after they have this conversation about how difficult it is for him to be touched. And after more than a full book full of him saying, don't touch me, it's a hard limit. And she still, she still just immediately goes to touch him. Bro, you can't. You can't do that. If someone has told you this many times that something is a hard limit and you still cannot stop yourself from doing that thing, you are not ready for a kink relationship. You're probably not ready for a physical relationship at all. I'm sorry. Like, doesn't matter if it's vanilla or kink. If someone tells you something is off limits and you cannot help yourself and you literally cannot stop yourself from doing that thing over and over and over, you need to remove yourself from that situation because clearly you are either she's not putting enough effort into getting it into her head that Christian doesn't want to be touched to be able to translate that into stopping her instinct to touch him or if she if it really is just like a physical like subconscious disconnect thing she is just not the right person to be in a fucking relationship with him Oh my god, okay. So remember how Christian bought the company that Anna works for? I really was thinking that that was like the worst that it could get in terms of him like stalking her and being overly invasive into her life. And then I read this chapter and I remembered that it does in fact get so much worse. So he tells her that he does background checks in scare quotes on all of his submissives before he starts dating them. And then he takes her into his office and shows her a fucking dossier like the FBI would have on someone with a copy of her birth certificate, her bank account information, her employment records, her fucking social security number. On page 108, he says, to have control, I need information. It's how I've always operated. First of all, how the fuck are you gonna justify to me needing someone's social security number in order to do kink with them? No. 
Same with their fucking bank account information. Same with their fucking birth certificate. I don't care. That's not helping to protect your safety. It's certainly fucking not helping to protect their safety. There is no possible relevance to why you could need that information before you dominate someone. That is not gathering information. That's fucking stalking. That's invading privacy so many times over. Also, yeah, you do need information in order to really dom someone well. Of course, I don't doubt that. However, get that information by negotiating with that person, like the fucking rest of us. Get that information by going on dates with them, and talking to them, and learning about them consensually. Like, not through fucking cyber-stalking them. That's, that's, that's wild. That's fucking buck wild that he thinks he needs to do that just to be a dom to someone. Like, that's not, that's like his justification to himself. Oh yeah, so then they go back to talking about money and they're like talking about, you know, Christian buying her all this shit and all these expensive clothes and the car and all this stuff. And he's like, do you know how much money I make? I make so much money. $24,000 for a car is nothing. And it just, it never occurs to him that it's not about the money. It's not about the fact that dropping tens of thousands of dollars on a car to him is like dropping $10 on an overly priced fancy smoothie for the fucking rest of us, right? That felt like a weird example. But like, do you know what I mean? It, it doesn't matter that it's, it feels to him like this relatively small purchase. That's not the point. The point is understanding that Anna is uncomfortable and overwhelmed by him spending all this money on her. The point is understanding that she is trying to set a boundary with him and he is just stepping over it again and again and again without a second thought. The point is trust. The point is respect. The point is these very, very basic things that a relationship absolutely will just crumble without. And he just doesn't fucking get it because he is a rich asshole. Oh yeah, he also reveals that usually his submissives cook for him on the weekends when his housekeeper is gone and so she can't cook for him, which was not mentioned at all in the contract, by the way, and is probably just, you know, what he assumes would happen because gender roles. So that's fun. Oh yeah, okay. So then, a little bit later, they're like getting frisky, they're getting handsy, whatever, and Anna says to him, I'm gonna touch your face now. And he like hesitates for a second and then he's like, okay. And she touches his face and it's fine. So there's another pretty fucking easy solution to having Anna be able to touch Christian without it triggering him. Anna, you could be the one communicating and saying, I want to touch you here. I want to touch you there, and giving him the chance to say yes or no. In fact, ideally, both of you would be contributing to the communication, and Christian would be giving the outlines of where he can and cannot be touched, and also Anna would be giving him a warning before she touches him. Communication works best when it's a two-way street. Look at that. Relationships work best when you're fucking working together. Who would have thought? I know, it's wild the way that works. Oh, hey, you didn't think we were done with the ableism in this chapter yet, did you? Cause we're not. So there's kind of this running theme throughout the series that I haven't touched on a whole lot about Christian's mood just like changing instantly. 
Like, he'll just be so angry and then all of a sudden he'll kind of just let it go and be like, oh yeah, so okay, so this other thing over here. And Anna frequently is like, God, like he's so mercurial, it's so hard to keep up with his moods. My theory is that he is just so fucking emotionally constipated, like he's so under the thumb of toxic masculinity that he is just so used to squashing all of his emotions down that he just has gotten really good at just tossing them aside when he doesn't want them anymore and just like putting on whatever face he needs to put on in the moment. You know, it's like a trauma response. In my opinion, my, you know, as should be noted, extremely not a professional opinion, but that's, that's my reading of it. However, Anna is left alone while Christian takes care of some things, and so she goes to her bedroom and opens up her laptop and Googles multiple personality disorder, which is bad enough. But then Christian comes in and sees what she is looking up on the interwebs and makes a joke about it, and they have, like, quote-unquote cute flirty banter which just gets on my nerves but they they like banter about it and so it's it's the entire thing is just played as a joke which is ugh. i tried to say like three different words for it i was trying to say bad and awful and and horrible and like three other things all at once because it's fucking bad especially given that multiple personality disorder is one of those mental illnesses that is like given an even worse rap in you know media portrayals it's it's not one of the like quote-unquote tumblerified ones like anxiety and depression and like not that i love that there are any mental illnesses that have been tumblerified but like there are some that are like oh it's just so cute and quirky how you like haven't left your bed or showered or eaten a real meal for a week because you're so fucking depressed you know but like multiple personality disorder doesn't even fucking get that right like it it's even more still stigmatized than others like i multiple personality disorder is like so stigmatized already and like the the portrayals of it in media are never good they're hardly ever even like empathetic or compassionate at least not the ones that i've seen and so the fact that it's just a cute little joke about christian's trauma response it's just bad. There's just so many layers of bad just all piled on top of each other in a in a big heap of bad. So after all that, the chapter does end on a slightly cute moment. This is like one of the few scenes from the series, or at least as far as I've gotten in the series, that I remember as being like kind of cute and where I was like, oh yeah, see, look at you guys doing the thing. So Christian brings in a tube of lipstick and he has Anna draw on his body and he like directs her where to draw so that there's, you know, there's clear lines on his body of like, okay, here's where you're not allowed to touch. And then everywhere else outside of those lipstick lines, you can touch. And I just think that's an adorable solution to this problem. And why the fuck couldn't they have done something like that immediately? But at least they got there. At least they fucking got there eventually. So hopefully that will help to bring resolution to this one, this one problem in the long, long, long list of problems in their relationship. For now, that's where the chapter ends.
Thank you so much for listening to my latest rant. My name is Lee. You can find my non-sex work social media at allmylinks.com slash leecartist. And you can find my sex work social media at allmylinks.com slash candykitten. This podcast can be found at allmylinks.com slash thecurdledpod and patreon.com slash thecurdledpod where you can support the podcast monthly in return for some fun, exclusive, content if you think that me ranting even more about this type of bullshit counts as fun. <laughs> Be sure to check the episode description for the spellings on all of those links. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or want to make a one-time donation not through Patreon, you can get in touch with me at curdledinkpodcast at gmail.com. And if you can't or don't feel comfortable supporting me monetarily, please rate and or leave a review on your podcatcher of choice, or tell a friend, tag me on social media, do whatever you want to do to spread the word about this humble podcast. Seriously, it's something free that you can do that helps so much to support a small-time podcaster. <laughs> the logo is by Reese Jones at tearlessrainart.tumblr.com. And until next time, remember your rack. That's risk-aware consensual kink. Bye! stand in the background of this video hang on <laughs> like trying not to rip out any wires right now because i'm gesturing so much bonk the theme song was no the theme song is stock music <laughs>